What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Chicken Bone Alley brought to you by SRI Performance, Stock Car Steel and Aluminum, RK Motorsports Consulting, Earl Ramey Racing Engines, and Pro Fab Hitters and Exhaust. What's going on, guys? I'm David. I'm Sterling. What's up, y'all? Man, another week in the books. Been a wet week, too. <laughs> yeah. Got to talk about weather, of course. Yeah, well... And I mean, we had a lot of that. We had a lot of that. Well, we had a lot of it. We've also had, I think, every season since the last time we had a podcast. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think last, sure. last Monday, it was like 90 degrees almost, I think, or yeah. Tuesday, something. I don't remember. And today, it's... uh. It's been a brisk, uh, I don't know, what, about mid-60s, I guess? It, it, it feels like 45. Bro. The wind blowing, it feels cold out there. Dude, I'm telling you. I, I, I literally, I got, and it, it's like it got colder as the day went on. This morning, I was all right. I was wearing, yes. I was wearing my normal uniform shirt, which is, you know, uh, button-up, short-sleeve shirt, whatever. I was good. I got back from lunch, and I was like, man, it's kind of chilly. I fortunately have my yeah. work coat there, and I was like, I'm putting this thing on for a little while. Uh, and uh, yeah. and by the time I look over and one of the other guys in the shop, he's older guy, Jerry, Uncle Jerry, he uh, <laughs> he reaches over there and he said, I'm turning the heat on for a little while. <laughs> I said, damn. Uh, already, bro, so already. It come on for a minute. Up, yeah. Well, well it, they had the door open and the wind was just blowing in. And the wind was, yeah. wind was cold. But yeah, in between yes, in between that, we've had a a hurricane come through. Yes, we have. Fortunately, I, and, and I feel very sorry for all the people in Florida because they got it way worse than we did. But uh, fortunately, we 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 fared off pretty good. A couple of trees down here and there, and a bunch of debris in the in the yard. But other than that, we were all right. Well, I'm gonna tell you, and and like you said, we're we are. Our hearts are with those guys down in uh, and everybody down in down in Florida. There was a lot of a uh, lot of damage down there. Even our buddy uh, Tim Vins, who you know owns the NASCAR Camp World Truck Series truck that we were fortunate enough to sponsor the first of the year. He got home. He was at Talladega, and he got home and he posted on Facebook last night that a uh, uh, house was ruined, um, and he put a picture on it. There was a huge hole that come through the roof and in the ceiling in a room, and just he said just destroyed one room at least, flooded down there. So he's right at the uh, Daytona area is where he is, and so uh, definitely feel for everybody down there. And I mean, he his was I mean, un- <laughs> and that's bad to say. I mean, you know, just hurting a house that bad, and his was still minimal compared to a lot of the others and especially in south florida they a lot of yeah, lost houses side, down there. yeah the west side of florida it's, it's terrible i mean it's just it just was like tornadoes just went through everywhere down there the pictures i saw it's, it's horrible sure. it, it reminds me a lot of and, and we were little little when this happened but from all the pictures you can look back it reminds me a lot of what happened here when hurricane hugo came through right and uh which was which was really bad. It's it, there are still things we can go around here in our area and see, you know, remnants left over from Hurricane Hugo, buildings and stuff that took down that never got rebuilt and stuff like that. So uh, it's gonna be a long process for those guys. Um, 
but I'm going to say, fortunately for me, uh, y'all and apparently everybody else in the world even had more than we had on this side of town over here on Flor- Florence or Timmonsville, where I'm at. Because, right. <laughs> because um, as many trees as I got lying in my yard and everything, I didn't even have a limb down. I had a few extra leaves and some pine straw in the yard. Um, I left in the middle of went to went to a restaurant right down the road. They were open. Went and got some lunch, and it it wasn't bad at all here. Yeah, you definitely figured out. We had some pretty big trees down. Uh, like I said, I mean, a few of them crossing roads. You know, had roads shut down and all that. But um, yeah, it was surprisingly. I guess cause we're more north side. You know, we're right there. At, North Carolina line, so I guess that was the the east side of the storm, I guess, if you would, or, or north side. It's always worse on that side, I guess. But, right. Um, That's what they say. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, it, it was it it, it could have been much worse by all means, but uh, yeah, it, it it was worse than I thought it was going to be. Put it that way. Yeah. It we were we were due for one. I mean, I hate to say that, but. We have, uh, there was a long, many, many years in a row there that we got affected by something, whether it be, you know, tropical storm, um, hurricanes or, uh, or leftovers from a storm and just flooding our area, uh, right on up to 2015. That's when Jackson was born and that's supposedly, I'm no doctor. No doctor, so I ain't claiming to be, but this is what the doctor told me in there. Uh, my, my youngest son, Jackson, he was actually born premature, and they claimed in there that because of the flooding and rain and, you know, the system that was there, there was a lot of labors that night because of the drop in barometric pressure. So supposedly yeah. because of that, all the way back in 2015 is why he was born premature. Um, who knows? I don't know. Um, but so it's been since about the end since we really had anything, um, you know, to talk about and, right. uh, which is quite unusual for our area. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, anybody who was affected by it for sure, our, uh, our hearts go out to you because we, uh, we, we know the pain to some extent and, uh, definitely know how that, uh, that process works cleaning up from stuff like that. So, uh, uh, hearts and prayers and thoughts and everything's with those guys. Um, also for while we get the show started, hate to go on down notes on everything. Um, before we get into anything, I, I really want to, uh, say that, uh, our hearts go out also to, uh, uh, Rick, Rick Eshelman's family, there uh rick unfortunately uh took his life uh over the weekend um and it that has left a uh, big hole in the hearts of the racing community um yeah no doubt i was i was fortunate enough to to have him on the show actually well on the on a live actually about a year ago just over a year ago um up at uh wings etc we did a big live up there. Got to spend a pretty much all afternoon with him up there. And got to talk with him afterwards at some shows we went to. And, I mean, just one of the nicest people you would ever meet. 
in your life. So uh, our 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 hearts definitely go out to his son Derek and uh and the rest of his family and and everybody that's affected by that in the World Racing Group and all the coworkers that spent pretty much every weekend with him and uh just gonna be missed by a lot of people. I mean, that's a voice you heard every time you heard anything from the world of world of outlaw late models. So right. it's a big yeah. hole. And just got uh, inducted into the hall of fame, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so just a few weeks back. It's terrible. terrible. Yeah. Sure. Definitely. You don't ever know, man. I mean, you don't know what's going on in people's heads or lives or whatever, you know, I mean, who, who knows, uh, underlying there, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, getting awareness out more, you know, trying to be there for people. The need that you don't necessarily always know when that is. Yeah. And I mean that we don't get it too much. We're, we're fortunate. Our, uh, our listeners have always been pretty, pretty cool with us. And, uh, but Rick was on a lot bigger stage than us. I have no clue what went through, what was going through his head and not even trying to say that I do, but I've just seen a lot of stuff going around. Um, you know, our listeners are always cool with us. And, you know, if we talk about something with people on social media and everything, everybody's really cool and don't get too out of line and everything. But, man, I could, I could just mm, – I couldn't imagine – you know, being in a spotlight like he is, or like any of the racers that that are, you know, in these national series, man, people are online bashing them all the time for, for uh, anything. I mean, any little thing. Right. Um, you say something wrong on there, and they're bashing you. I mean, you hear Dale Earnhardt Jr. Even he says something wrong on the, on the uh, you know broadcast, and people are oh that and you know. You, Look how stupid he is. Not, you know, I mean, that's ridiculous, people. And I don't know that any of that was going on, but I've seen stuff like that happen before. Man, just, it ain't hard to be kind. It don't cost you a dollar to be kind. No, no, it definitely doesn't. Um, and it seems like there's more and more people out there that just want to be negative, man. It only it makes them happy when they're negative. And I, you know, it, it's... It's bad, and you know you don't want to be around people like that for sure. But in that, like you say, in that kind of spotlight, I mean, it's 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 everywhere, and it's hard to get away from. Yeah, it is. And like I said, I don't, I don't know that had anything at all to do with it. But regardless if it did or not, man, just be kind to people. There ain't no sense. I mean, we can debate stuff all day long on, on in racing and any other sport in the world, and uh, but it don't uh, it don't cost a dollar to be kind. So. Man, you don't know what's going through people's head and what edge they're on, and some stupid comment like that could push them over the edge. So it's not worth it. Uh, it's not. not worth it to be that reason at all. So uh, anyway, man, I, 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 before we get in really to what we did over the weekend, because I know I ain't gonna lie, I ain't do a whole lot. <laughs> we uh, me and Kayla actually still had to work Friday. Um. At work, but I was working. I was a school teacher. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Mary Stephen and I were school teachers on Friday. Nice. They sent home plenty of work because <laughs> they could not go to school because of the hurricane. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would like some. I would like some tuition back for Good. my 
for our duties. Good luck. Well, fortunately, landing school didn't even landing school didn't even say that. They were just like, "We're out. We're out. Y'all, y'all have have a day off. Have fun." Uh, yeah, Jackson, hurricane day. Yeah. yeah, hurricane day. Jackson School. They sent some stuff home, but it was actually for because they're in, they're out this this entire week. Um. So. Wow. He's got an extra day with a little bit of extra work to do. So nothing much. But uh, <laughs> before we even really get into that, I want to know if you've seen this. Ain't got nothing to do with racing. Nothing to do with nothing. Uh, did you see by chance? The videos that are going around social media uh, of the guys that got caught cheating in the walleye tournament, Lake Erie walleye tournament. No, I did not. Oh, you've got to look it up. When you get as soon as you get a chance, you've got to look it up. These guys won over three hundred thousand dollars from this team fishing deal. In uh, I think it was Ohio, Michigan, somewhere up that area. Anyway, it's like Lake Erie. They they fish Lake Erie, but we all know how big Lake Erie is. So, right. I mean, huge, huge deal. They they were like the BASS tour of walleye. Um, wow. And these dudes won last year, and they end up going to court because they failed a polygraph test, and they end up going to court about it and got a take another one and end up passing it and blah blah there's been an ongoing deal with it well this was the last tournament of the season for them <laughs> and the uh director the one who weighs them in and all he weighs them in everybody else has got four and five fish most people got five fish they're weighing uh eight i think the second place was 28 pounds which was a good bit um it, but he had really big fish all of them looked really big the ones that looked like the ones these guys had, they were weighing in 19-ish pounds or so. These dudes come up, throw them on the scales, 34 pounds right at <laughs> a fish, of walleye. It's a dang, and they have a five-fish five limit. Well, they, you know, in filming their regular thing, well, these guys, are some people are still got uh, cell phone footage of it. All of a sudden, the tournament director's over there with him, and I guess he grabbed one of the fish, and something felt funny to him, I guess, or something. I don't know. Or somebody... I don't know how it went down. I don't know how they got caught on to this or anything. By the time he grabs his knife, cuts open a fish, dude's got two uh, 12-ounce pieces of lead in the fish, shoved down the fish's throat. Oh, my goodness. He's got a walleye filet... I guess that's how he got them to eat the lid. <laughs> and just shoved down it to add weight. All five fish had it in there. Over eight pounds of extra stuff. And them dudes are going Jesus. off. It, you need to look it up as soon as you get a chance. It is insane. It is insane. And dude just couldn't say anything. He's just standing there just looking at them. I mean, like, I've been caught. I mean, like. What do you do? How do you think you can get away with that? Well, they've been getting away with it for two years, apparently. I mean, people can't look at a fish and say, all right, this fish is, you know, 30, 30 inches long, whatever, and it weighs 20 pounds. All right, this fish is 30 inches long and weighs 40 pounds. Something's wrong here. <laughs> I, 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 golly. It, it was That's a, crazy. It's crazy. I'll, I'll uh. I'll send you the link to uh to some of the videos. There's multiple videos like everybody that was there was taking videos of it. 
and uh oh it was bad it was bad i mean this i've been looking over some stuff from it they're they're supposed to be coming out tonight and having a video about announcing what's going to happen i mean they had law out there with them because people were saying you know basically it was they're robbing everybody because <laughs> if, if they've been doing that every tournament which you can't go back and prove but uh if they've been doing that every tournament then you know man think about how much money they've stole from people <laughs> Yeah, but it, well, they will needless to say no longer be allowed in the tournament. No, nah, no, nah, I think they're banned. I think they're banned from that. I think they're probably going to be pretty much banned from their name is out there so much already that their names will not be allowed in any fishing tournament. <laughs> I, I seriously doubt. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. I, I couldn't sleep at night knowing I cheated like that. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's unreal. I just, huh. That's crazy. And I mean, them guys, fishing tournaments, them guys take it serious too, Jack. Like oh, yeah. That. You could tell on the video because there's some, uh, they're some uh, colorful language. We'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, These guys yeah, flipped out when they saw it. And I mean, they, oh, it's bad. It's bad. You have to check it out. Oh, but yeah. But anyway, um, I don't know. One of them things. Oh, so, uh, but anyway, guys, well, let's go to, uh, this week's edition of Hot Laps. This is Hot Laps presented by SRI Performance Stock Car Steel and Aluminum. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another installment of hot laps and uh, this week on the show we got mr carl altamere what's going on man how you doing we are here doing good on a monday <laughs> yeah i hear you there after a good you know rainy couple days over the weekend we have uh finally made it back to a little bit of sunshine today myself how about y'all oh yeah we got uh, plenty of good sunshine here a little cold still but we're we're dealing with it I guess that's uh, October coming for us, I guess. It's all coming in strong. <laughs> it's about time. I don't know. I felt like we had a rough summer. Me and uh, Sterling were talking about it earlier. I felt like our summer was long anyway, so it's about time to cool down, I guess. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, cool, man. That's well, well uh, we want to uh, talk with you a little bit about... Uh, about you mainly and uh and sri performance and uh what you're doing there so give us a little bit of tell, tell us about yourself first off first off what do you do there at sri performance all right what i do is i i'm i'm, I'm a, uh, a line tech okay i i deal mostly with uh, uh powertrain and uh, engine issues you all know right. for uh, our customers that call in so if they got a question and they need a part they'll know what they'll know what part they need uh, I handle that with them. I'm mostly trained in uh, engine building and uh, drive line. All right, sounds good. Uh, so tell us, um, let's go back a little bit. First, uh, where where are you from, and uh, how did you get your start in doing things like that? Well, originally I'm from Philadelphia. Uh, I moved out here in '06. Uh, before that, I um, I had a, 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 a speed marine shop where we had a speed shop and we also did a marine uh, engine building and, and driveline components offshore, for offshore boat racing. Nice. So that's where I got my start in this. Well, I got my start when I was 16 years old, drag racing. 
Oh, wow. And it just kind of bloomed into engine building on the, you know, on the side. Then it became a business. And uh, we got into, uh, me and a buddy of mine, uh, he was big into boat racing. And we got into into that crowd that likes to build big motors for big boats. And, um, uh, and you know, they like to go fast on water. And I was, I was working out of Atlantic City area, you know, building those engines and building boats for them guys. So we had plenty of people with plenty of money to play. <laughs> nice. That's that's what broke. I mean, boat means it. Then break out another thousand. That's what I always hear. Yeah, exactly. And those guys wouldn't they would they start at a thousand and then work their way up because <laughs> it's just it, money didn't make it. Money wasn't an issue with them. Um, you know, it was just dealing with them themselves because they wanted it. You know, they blow it up one day and they want it back the next. You know, wow. it was just it was you know that kind of deal, but. Um, after we, we, uh, we had that established, I sold it to my partner and I decided to move down here. Nice. That's cool. I had a, I had a nice invite from a, a very good friend of mine to come down and run his, uh, his, um, product development group for uh, zoom performance products that we built clutches and, and rear gears. Uh, the brand's been around forever. Oh yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I came in there, we designed and built all types of new products for driveline components, you know, clutches and, and gear packs and transmissions and stuff like that. And uh, after that ran its course and uh, I got a job at Robert Yates. And that's where this all started. Um, the way it worked originally was um, uh, Roush Yates decided to go with a, um, a, a retail store, you know, Roush Yates Performance Products. That's right. So they, they were looking at that venture and, and I had a background in the, in the speed shop business and I knew parts. And so me and a couple of guys, you know, they put us in charge of getting that business up and running. Um, actually it was, I was, I brought in at the end of it and when they already had established and kind of helped out in growing it. Nice. And in 2017, that's when, uh, Greg Finelli bought out Roush Yates performance products and made SRI performance out of it. So they just couldn't run you off. Eh? <laughs> they couldn't run me off. Nope. I've been I've been down here uh, probably out of two years or three years. I worked for Zoom. The rest of the time I've been working for uh, Roush Yates and SRI Performance, all doing the same deal. That's cool, man. That's uh, that's that's really uh, that's really neat to uh, follow stuff like that and uh, and 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 knowing the parts and engine side there, the Roush Yates stuff. Uh, how was it working with them? Um, working with Roush Yates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working. It was great. It was great work with them. They, you know, they they wanted the whole. They wanted the product. They wanted that whole business to succeed. And I think if it came just uh, too many irons in the pot for you know in the fire for them, and they had to downsize a little bit and focus more on their their goal, you know, to build a, uh, a world you know world class engine shop, you know, and uh, and competing. So that's when they they decided to sell the sell the business to to Doug to Greg Benelli, but um, but Doug did give me my start, you know, in you know in the whole NASCAR end because mainly I was just in mostly street performance and and boats. When I came down here, it was just mostly street performance. So uh, my my most of my hobbies are you know building you know building race cars from scratch, uh, doing uh, swap conversions in in street cars, you know, putting LSs in Mustangs and stuff like that. And, <laughs> So it was just a kind of a perfect deal for me to come in to, and help out with that with that whole program when they started it. 
For sure, man. And what what better company than uh, SRI to take over for, you know, keep go- oh, keep absolutely. keep on going with with that type of program that you were used to there. Exactly. And it's good. I mean, we're trying to grow the, the street side of it. You know, we're very heavy in the circle track and drag racing and dirt and stuff like that. But uh, street performance is, uh, is, is a really growing market still for us. And, and we're trying to grow with it, you know, try to get, you know, more into it. It's very competitive because there's a lot of companies out there, a lot of small shops, a lot of big companies that, 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 that work with that. So we just got to find our little niche and dig in. Well, uh, tell us real quick, um, you know, I know there's tons of parts that are bought from there on a daily basis. I, kn- I know that. But, uh, you know, in on your side there that you're working with, what are some of the, the big key items that you're seeing going across the, uh, the counter there for those guys? Well, the big items, you know, I, where I mostly work in, you know, I, I also help with the RY45 program, which is the dirt late bottle engine in the off-road truck engine. So, you know, we're a sole provider for that program in the, in, in the, in that area. So, you know, we have all the parts, you know, blocks, you know, all the components we need to build those engines, all the team, you know, all the team owners and engine builders come to us to buy those RY45 parts. You know, we're really stocked up. We're, you know, we had a little delay on trying to get blocks in from New York because these blocks are made over in England and we finally got them in. So we're all gung-ho and trying to get that program back, you know, back real strong. We got a lot of people out there waiting for parts coming in, but, uh, but most of the RY45 program, you know, the big items I deal with other big items are, are, um, engine packages, um, you know, that, that, you know, I can kind of put together a customer will call up and say, listen, I'm trying to rebuild this car or I'm trying to build a street car and I need to, I need an engine and transmission and I, I'll put together from front to back, you know, get the components you know, put, you know, put the whole quote together for them and see which way they go, give them options on, you know, engine builds and, and if they want to build themselves or if I want, if they want someone else to have it built for them, then all you got to do is assemble it. It's mostly, you know, is my big, is my big items I deal with. Nice. Nice. So, uh, I know every once in a while there's some, uh, they, they like to put up stuff, you know, from every department a little bit in there, uh, on the, clearance side i guess we'll say on sale over there so uh what you know any big sales coming up on on your side well you know with winter coming in we we're trying to get you know we, we just introduced some of the hoodies and the beanies you know they're coming out and we're going to start you know bring them out we got <clears throat> we got a couple of big events coming up in the next couple you know in this month and in the november you know we got the, the short track uh, uh track championship in charlotte here on the 27th through 29th you know we got that going on um, we got the Roval come into town this weekend. That's right. Uh, you know, it's getting a little chilly out. People only want a little shirt or something to deal with, you know, get, keep them warm. And then we also had the world finals at, at, you know, end of the month, you know, uh, on the November, uh, 2nd to the 5th. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I don't know that what it is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That used to be a three day deal. That used to be a three day deal. Now they, they made it a four, four day. So they got four days of the, of the world finals going on that right here in Charlotte. And that's going to be a lot of fun too. And I don't, and like you just said, uh, I don't know, uh, what it is about that race, but it tends to bring the cold weather with it. So you may or make sure oh, you get does. you a, uh, a good pullover or beanie or hoodie and jacket, whatever. And what better to have than some, uh, some SRI apparel over there, uh, and, and either or stock car steel and aluminum. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, that, those bring some cold weather with it. It always seems like, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, we got, we got a lot of things coming up. You know, um, we got a new website getting launched soon. We should have that by the end of the month you know, with the stock car steel. We should be able to have it all integrated in our new operating system here. So, you know, buying all the internet will be a whole lot easier than what it was. So that's, that's all stuff coming up. Cool. Cool. That is awesome. That is awesome. That is, it's, uh, uh, always a good site to be on and, and they're only going to make it better guys. And like, we'd like to tell everybody every week on there, when you go on that website, all you got to do when you get your cart full and everything and uh, go to the promo code area and put in promo code C-Bone10. That's C as in chicken, B-O-N-E-1-0. And you can get yourself 10% off of uh, all these parts, all these cool parts talking about. So, uh, oh, I know. I, I, any orders any orders you put in on uh, on uh, SRI performances, you're going to buy process. So. You you put that uh that little that little promo code in there and you'll get your discount and, and I'll get it processed out for you. There you go, there you go. All right. Well, since we're talking about ordering ordering stuff online, there, you being the engine guy and driveline guy, there, um, what is something that if you had to tell somebody, you know, when they're putting together a whole package deal, it's like. If they're just wanting your opinion on a on just in this in this drive line, what is something they might overlook that you're like you need this particular part? What what, what is just something that comes to your mind when when asked that question? Mostly, it, uh, it's guidance on you know what, what, a lot of times they'll say I, I want this this and this and. And I say, well, you got to make sure that the power your engine making is something like that going to be able to handle. So, biggest thing I have is making sure that what the customer is going to, is needing is going to it's it's going to uh, complement everything else going down the line. So it's not you know besides you know you know putting the right size camshaft in with the right right kind of cylinder heads with the right valve train connected to it. You know all that stuff is has got to be put in correctly. You know and, and it has to be all you know. Uh, thought out completely from top to bottom what your what your your goal is and and how much and what your what you want to achieve with that and how much money you want to spend there you go you know that's usually the biggest thing you know is making sure that they're going they're starting from the, and you know try and start right from the beginning and work your way forward making sure that everything you're adding to the project that's it's going to it's not going to be a weak link put it that way that's right and you know uh, they're going to put you know, they put up an engine and they're going to you know, build a cow and horsepower engine, but they put you know, a stock clutch in it. I think, well, that clutch is not going to handle it and you're in that transmission. So what do you want to do? You want to, you know, take some horsepower out. You want to you know, spend more money and put a better transmission in. You know, that's the biggest thing they overlook is, you know, they say they want big horsepower, but they don't understand what it takes for the rest of the car to handle it. That's right, you man. And, uh, and, and guidance and knowledge like that is priceless everyone just to let you know <laughs> and that's one thing that you won't get at any of our competitors is someone that actually you know i have been doing this for many years now um probably a good 30 years i've been you know putting engines and things that they, that weren't there originally or or making making street cars you know that were you know that shouldn't be on the street but they're driving you know just super horsepower stuff and you know knowing you know, what we have here, actually answering the questions on the phone that not just taking part orders, you know, say, hey, what do you need? You know, I send a lifters and just give them a part number and they order. You can actually call here 
we talked to one of our guys here and we all have experience. We've all done the work, you know? So it's not, you're not just a word. You're not just calling here and ordering parts. You know, if you need assistance, you need, you know, um, to know, you know, how to do something. Most likely we have somebody here who can do it. That's right. Or I can do it. Whatever. That's right. And that goes over every, every, uh, every department, I will say, and every, everything going on in the shop. That's not only engines. That is, uh, obviously the performance parts like we just said the safety gear industrial supplies even and the welding gas program there is somebody there that knows all about everything all these programs going on at sri performance for sure these aren't just people that come off the street and we just train to sell parts these are people that have been in the industry doing the doing the work and now now they're in there to sell the parts and also to have the experience to make sure he guide you in the right direction and you say, yeah, that's not what you want. You know, it's the wrong kind of gas for what you're trying to do. We have those people in, in hand. So when you call up, you can get, you get that right information right from the start. Exactly. Exactly. Well, cool deal. All right, Carl. Well, man, we sure do appreciate you uh, coming on, hanging out with us today, man. Oh, not a problem. Anytime. <laughs> all right well you uh you keep all them guys straight up there at sri because we know how to, how crazy that uh that engine room can get get back there oh uh, it's crazy <laughs> but we'll take out anybody want to call just ask for carl and and i'll i'll work you through your problems all right and, and and let everybody know real quick the best ways to uh to order there i know that we can obviously get on the phone and call uh what's the best ways to get a hold of you guys just the best way is either uh, uh, through SRI uh, sales on the, on the email or call us directly on our phone number or, uh, you know, just uh, word of mouth. We all get here. There you go. There you go. All right, Carl. Well, we sure appreciate you coming on today, man. And uh, can't wait to uh, talk to you again, buddy. And uh, all right, everyone. This has been this week's edition of Hot Laps. All right, we sure appreciate, like I just said, appreciate Carl coming on here and talking about SRI some more on here, ladies and gentlemen. As always, our good partners over there. And as we told you on the on Hot Labs there, head over to www.sriperformance.com. Get all those parts Carl was talking about there, all them performance parts for your car. He's the, he's the engine and driveline man. He knows what's going on. Just give him a call. But, uh... If you need to know what it is, put it all on the, call him up, then get it all on, on your cart there and put in, like I said, the promo code there on C-Bone 10, get yourself 10% off, hook you up, for show, for show, for show. Um, I know we kind of got off our opening a little bit, but I want to go back to a little bit, you know, might as well. And this ties into racing, I guess. <laughs> Did you see where the hurricane came over? We were talking about hurricane earlier and. How it messed up Florida so bad. You see the pictures? I posted them on our on our uh thing on our Facebook. Um but see the pictures from where the hurricane went over uh Daytona International Speedway. Yeah. It looked like a big giant swimming pool almost. Yeah, literally did, man. I couldn't believe how much rain dumped there. Which I saw somewhere it was supposed to be like fifteen to twenty inches. I think that's what I heard in Daytona area. Jesus. Good Lord, bro. With all that rain, funnel, you know, <laughs> the banking and all that, I mean, everything just funnels it all in there. And 
Well, there's a couple. I mean, oh, yeah. Lake in there. Yeah, I mean, the, the lake overflow and the bringing water down with it and all that stuff. And the lake overflow and, uh, man, whew, that's a lot of water. But it, I, I know there's part of it. I don't know what turn it was on. I couldn't really tell. Um, but the backside of dirt and grass on the backside of the banking on one side of it, um, I'm going to assume whichever way the wind was coming from, probably there but it knocked out a lot of dirt they're gonna have to go in and look like put dirt back up under the track so i'm hoping it didn't erode away enough out of there to kind of make it because i mean i could easily make a dip in the asphalt wherever it is oh for sure oh, yeah so that's crazy yeah it is crazy 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 um whew. hope that don't happen no more no time soon um, I want to uh, go over something else before we got into any racing from this past week here. Something pretty exciting coming up here uh, in a little over a month now. Um, and the reason I'm already bringing it up is because we're actually going to play a pretty decent part in it, which is pretty cool. We did last year, and uh, they want us back for more, so <laughs> and added to the duties. So that's really cool. Uh, talked with uh, our buddy Steve Zacharias from Florence Motor Speedway today, and uh, we're talking about he's he. They are excited already for the South Carolina Four Hundred uh, coming up in November, and. Uh, Man, this is going to be a cool deal. Um, I know people have seen it before, like to do, I guess, kind of like at the Snowball, but the South Carolina 400 has been a been a big deal in our area, so they want to make it a bigger show. So not only are we going to be there Saturday talking with drivers and talking with fans and everybody else, we're also going to be there Friday night hosting... The show for the qualifying position draw that Friday night. Sweet. So that is going to be cool. We're going to uh, have a whole show dedicated to, uh, as people, like I said, if people seen the uh, Snowball Derby and stuff before, kind of the same deal. However you come up and draw is what position you go out and qualifying. And uh, it's been a been a huge deal here in our area right here in florence south carolina for the past couple of years now since steve and the gang have taken over uh florence motor speedway man and been racing over there all year myself and man it's a, it's an exciting time of year for us in racing around this area because that's always a big big race uh last year uh ty majeski was able to take it home that was two years in a row, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yep. Tom Jeski's come down and uh he actually passed uh Carson Quapple there with uh on the last restart to take home the win last year. Um but man, we're gonna have a stage there. We're gonna be up on the stage, like we said, talking with drivers, man, just doing all kind of stuff there. I anything and I mean we're gonna get a lot more details as time get closer. Uh, you know, the actual order of all the events and all the events that be going on. But, man, it's, it's going to be a lot, and we're really going to be involved in it this year. And 
and we were last year too. I mean, it was just kind of our first one doing it. So, uh, had to really see what was going on. And we got down there and set up and had a bunch of drivers come over and hang out with us. Went live quite a few times that day. And, uh, so kind of going to be a two day deal going on, which is going to be really cool. Really cool. I can't wait for it. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're going to have, I know we'll have Steve on here talking about it before the day comes up. So that'll be cool. Get him on here. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And like you say, I mean, for late model stocks, this kind of is the snowball derby kind of. Yeah, I mean, it really way, is. Yeah. I mean, that is, it's become kind of the, one of the biggest, uh, late model stock races in, in the country. Um, now we yeah. know, excuse me we know it was at myrtle beach which is where steve was a promoter at for many many years um now unfortunately myrtle beach has gone away they come over took over florence motor speedway and brought all that excitement here and this is the 30th annual actually so <laughs> many wow. many um it's gonna be uh a big deal this year um i think and and you know I'm gonna put this out there. I guess we'll we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, the, I think the past couple years, obviously, everybody knows what's going on in the country and with pandemic stuff. And and don't get me wrong, last year's crowd was great over there, but racing in general has come back with a vengeance. I think this year because everywhere we yeah. go, it is packed houses. Yeah, and uh. So it's really cool to see, and I, I'm excited to see what kind of crowd is going to be out here at Florence Motor Speedway for for uh, the South Carolina 400. Yeah, um, no doubt. It's going to be a big show. And I mean, Martinsville had, I don't know, what was it, 70-something cars? 83, <laughs> was, I think is what I heard total ended up being. And Steve was one of those. That's what we're going to have to get him on there and talk about. He didn't make the show. He didn't make the show, but he went up there and tried it. Man, that's a, that's, that's a tough feat. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's very tough. That, that, that's a stacked field, and and they're so close, man. Great day, they're so close. Oh, uh, you look at some of the qualifying times, and and just how close the field is is, is unbelievable. So you got to be on your game. You got to have everything right to make that field, no doubt. And and it'll be the same way, Florence. Um, some awesome cars, awesome drivers come to that every year. And um, like you said, the past two years, I know. Well, I didn't go last year. Two years ago when I went. Um, man, it was it was ridiculous how many people was there. There was people parked out on the road, <laughs> trying to walk up there and get into the racetrack. And um, and like you say, it's done nothing but grow. Uh, so it's gonna be huge this year for sure. I know. Yeah, definitely is. Um, it's been some awesome racing over there all year long. Late model stocks have put on a good show every week. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's an awesome show there. I love it there. I love those cars. Specific, uh, specifically there because you can run too you, you can run too wide and it's they put on some awesome racing um you know over there for sure there's been more and i'm on uh, i've seen it in the past but it seems like this year i've really noticed some guys try working and, and i ain't gonna say trying because they're doing it uh, i seen bryant barnhill um go out there and run a high line around the track. I mean, he's out yeah. <laughs> way up there in the corners. 
um, somewhere that you've never seen people really run there before. And uh, no. so the track is is being insanely racy from top to bottom now, which is yeah, it really has. I mean, used to like you said, you pretty much had to touch the left side tires on the inside wall um, to to be fast there. But uh, it's definitely changed for those cars for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's changed for all the uh, I think for all the full size cars really. Um, I've seen yep. people make that work in every, which which is cool because it gives options, it gives setup differences. Um, oh yeah, know. but it's not follow the leader, you know. It's I mean you can actually set up good good racing that way and and not have to root somebody out of the way to pass them. You know, it's it just makes them for some really good races. Exactly, and a uh, big race like that, long race, um, you know, it's going to be even better because. You know, you'll see the guys who are who want to conserve tires on the bottom uh, a certain way, or if they want to conserve running outside, um, or see, <laughs> or see who can run really hard the longest on either line. Uh, that's that's pretty. That's always fun to watch and see who can make it work. Um, man, I've seen some big names already come up. This this uh, saying they're coming to it. So, uh, but we'll get into those a little closer to the date. Like I said, to kind of confirm everything. You don't want to really do it too far out confirming all these guys and something happened, but but hopefully uh, everybody be there. Maybe we can get some of the guys on ahead of time to see what they think about going to it. Um, so that's uh, that's going to be a fun time for sure. I can't wait. Like I said, I can't wait for the uh, for our uh, for all we're going to be involved in this year. Uh, Chicken Bone Alley going to be on there. Like I said, uh, doing the qualifying drawing show um all that it's gonna be a uh a big two-day race pretty much again instead of just a big uh single day so gonna be uh gonna be a lot of emphasis on the friday portion of it also yeah which makes it worth uh everybody's time to come down and hang out for a few days so so that's cool that's cool 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 to see and uh can't wait for it. But um anyway, I reckon we need to get into some uh racing action from over the weekend. Um I guess we'll start with the it pretty much rained out everything around here. <laughs> it just go ahead and let's know. Everything around here got rained out. Um pretty much all the way up the east coast got rained out. Uh so we had some NASCAR racing to watch is what we had to watch. Um, I will say, I will go back real fast. Uh, last Wednesday night, um, I had the flow night or flow racing night in America, um, or race night in America, whatever they call it, I think, was at Atomic. And um, trying to, oh, Bobby Pierce was able to take that home. Really cool to see him. A cool race, uh, always. Uh, but our buddies, um, Kill Maven and Levi Morse were in the support class in the legend cars up there running with them. So Sweet. they were on flow racing too. So get to watch them on there. Um they had all right night. Um track was uh track was by the time they raced on it, I think it changed a lot for them. I have talked I haven't really talked to Kill about it. I think I talked to Kill about it. Um Looked like there was just a lot of rubber already laid down on track and just really changed the handling for them, you know, after a right. big, because they were after the super late models. A couple races after, because they had the super late models in the head, 
the uh, modifieds, and uh, I remember Casey Burdett, one hit, which he wins everything up there. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I need to talk, Kale. See, uh, see what really happened. Yeah, they they had an all right night. Um, not nothing to write home about. I don't think I have to talked to him and see. But um, so that was pretty cool. So Bobby Pierce took on that. Then the uh, Hillbilly One Hundred was the following night or Friday night. I can't remember. Friday night. Um, and uh, oh, Young Money Kyle Larson was able to take that home. Yeah, that's not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do too great. Well, he had a tire cut down at Atomic. Um. But then he come back and made up for it, for sure. So, uh, anyway, get to a little bit of NASCAR action, I guess we'll say. Truck series. Um, You know, I hate to whatever, I I ain't trying to rain on whatever other parade, um, but I will say truck race was a really good race. Um, Probably one of my favorite races of the weekend. Um. At Talladega. Talladega is a tough one for me. It's either I really like racing or it's, I hate it. I don't know. But the truck race was a pretty good race. Uh, but what was probably shown most and was one of the scariest things I've seen ever seen happen at a racetrack was uh, South Carolina's own Jordan Anderson right there in Columbia area. Uh, mm-hmm. Caught on, blew a motor... I'm assuming I had to blow a motor or every oil line on the thing come apart. One, two, I don't know. Uh, And his truck went up in a ball of flame like I haven't seen in a long, long, long time. Right. Um, And that was scary enough. And all of a sudden, the truck's coming down. It's probably running, I don't know, what do you say, 40 mile an hour probably still? At least, at yeah. least, and he couldn't tell where he was going because there was so much smoke and flames and everything else in the cockpit and all. And all of a sudden, they show an inside camera angle. Jordan's hanging out the truck while it's still running that fast, and it's headed towards a wall, and it hits the wall. And as soon as it hits, it kind of—I ain't gonna necessarily say he pushed out. I'm gonna say it kind of threw him out. It kind of looked like to me. Yeah, I think kinda, the momentum. Yeah, the the momentum of stopping and him coming out, yeah, I'm pretty sure it threw him right on out of there. Yeah, threw him out sitting on top of the wall, and he took off out of there. Um, man, first of all, we'll talk about that. That was bad. Um, and I'm not going to criticize him about it by no means, because if something's on fire, I probably want it. I probably won't be out of it too. I, oh yeah, I'll be I mean, freaking out. One hundred percent. I won't out of that thing, uh, especially when I'm all of a sudden feel like I'm burning. Um, yeah, I can't breathe or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but whew, I mean, I don't think there. Man, I'm just glad that wall wasn't another six inches to a foot higher than it was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> for sure that would that would have crushed him no doubt yeah um so just glad to see him get out of it. that's my first thing all right 
Second thing is, we'll go into it. He got burned actually pretty bad. Second degree burns on his face, neck, arms, legs. Um, it's what it says. Second degree. First and second degree, which is not comfortable. I can tell you that now. Um, no. By no means. Um, second degree burns are pretty tough. That's, that's blistering skin and skin coming off, peeling off. I saw some pictures that somebody took. I don't know if they took them or if it was a just kind of some quick steel shots of the of the race itself. And they were they zoomed in on him as he was coming out of the truck, kind of from behind it. I guess say if you were looking from outside of say turn two area, looking in on him at the truck. And when he was standing on top of it, you could see the arms of his uh, fire suit, the legs, and kind of up around the neck, chest area. They were like brown looking from either being burnt in itself or, you know, being covered in oil. Okay, right. so I'm going to be a little bit critical here. And I guess it's probably being critical of NASCAR, and I hate to be too critical of Jordan Anderson himself, but these are his his trucks. Now, he is buying them from somebody else. He is not building these trucks himself. Now, I mean, I think they do some assembly of the trucks. Obviously, they have to work on them. But he's bought, I think, all his trucks from another team. Um, Why, in 2022, are we building trucks or any NASCAR vehicle that when it blows up that oil has a passageway at all to come in through the firewall and get to a driver yeah i can't understand that either i don't get that i get you got stuff that has to go through the firewall i get that your steering column has to go through the firewall i get that uh wires and you know stuff like that have to go through the firewall i get that but in my opinion that is two points and, well, maybe three or four points that stuff has to go through the firewall with throttle linkage and and uh, brake rods and clutch linkage. I get that. I get that. But they literally make grommets that are made to stop this exact thing from happening. There is no way, in my opinion, because they have a right side window in these trucks... I get that there's some that could have come in through the left side window, but I don't think it's that much coming through the side window. I think the majority of what got on him come through the firewall and through the floorboard of that truck. Yeah. And to me, that is just, that's unacceptable. No, you can't have that. You know, and I don't know. what, what Was it something the team did? I mean, it passed inspection. To what all? To what extent they inspect safety wise the trucks? And that and I that don't know. and that's my point. That is my point exactly. Is looking at NASCAR, why is something that that is capable of doing? Why is that legal? Why right. is why is the front of these trucks from firewall to floorboards not sealed up? And so, in an event of something like that happening oil, as hot as that oil is coming out of that motor, even if it wasn't on fire, it will burn you. 
Um, why is that capable of coming in the truck? I just, I can't get that. I don't understand that. No, I don't either. Um, I'm sure they're going to, well, I don't know this, but I would assume they would take that truck back to R&D and inspect that and find out if there's a flaw in their safety mechanisms to better that or find out if it was something missing that should have been there. I don't know. Um, but, the, but, you know, we've seen we've seen cars blow like that, you know, somewhat before. Um, but I just don't ever remember seeing that much old being in the cockpit of the car. No, nah, me neither. Me neither. So I, I don't was, know. I don't, I don't know what would have happened. That was, was a little excessive in my opinion. But um, I know uh, regardless, Jordan is on the mend now. Said he'd be a few weeks. He'd be healed up. So uh, glad to see that, you know, for the most part, he's all right. Um, minor stuff, um, because that could have been way, way worse, for sure. Yes, for sure. Uh, so glad to, glad to see him, you know, be all right otherwise. Um, but how about Matt DiBenedetto finally bringing him home a win? Yes, finally, 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 barely, 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 but finally. (laughs) Tell me about it. Well, technically, he has won before that, but <laughs> not really. Um, yeah. That's, that's the first one he's counting, he says. <laughs> so, uh, right. so it's been, it, it, that was close one. I don't, I don't know. Do you agree with, this is what bothers me at Daytona and Talladega. Come out of turn four. Um, especially Talladega. We'll say Talladega for argument's sake because the uh, start-finish line is after the tri-oval. Yeah. Um, should, on the last lap of the race, should there even be, when there's a wreck in the tri-oval, should they immediately throw the caution? And the reason I ask that, for safety's sake, I say, personally, I say, yes, there should be a caution thrown. But I'm going to go on the realistic side of it. And one, when you throw the caution, you're honestly causing just more confusion. Two... I don't care if you throw the caution. When they're coming through the trioval, they are racing to the line, regardless if you threw the caution or not. Yeah, that close for sure. Um, no doubt about it. You know, I, I I don't like seeing yellows in the race by no means. Um, and again, like you say, safety wise, okay. Um, you know, but but. Throwing a caution, throwing a yellow on the back straightaway or the front straightaway or whatever on the last lap, by the time, my opinion, by the time the yellow is thrown, pretty much everybody that's going to be in a wreck is going to be in it, regardless if you throw the yellow or not. Um, I mean, if, if, if the track's completely covered, 
maybe I don't know I don't but I, I agree I mean nobody's just gonna slow down you ain't gonna do that we've learned from that we've we've seen people do that before that you know that that and ended up costing them a win um but uh I eh, I don't see where it make a difference in that situation um Safety-wise, I don't. I can't right. see where that would make a difference. Um, you know, so so I, I say you should have left it, left it green. Um, I I feel like there almost needs to be a line somewhere, and maybe say Talladega that be at the pit road entrance, maybe. Once the leaders pass that line. The only flag that is going to be thrown is a checkered flag. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, I know that's got to put a lot of thinking into it, but like we are just saying, they're not slowing down anyway. You're not changing anything from the safety standpoint. They're going to come by wide open. As soon as they hit that start-finish line, they're going to slow down. Um, I could see... If the wreck was down in turn one after you took the white flag, because of the field coming back around to it, I could see where you would need a caution there because more people are liable to come in and start wrecking and you just hit a car that's dead stop. It would be horrible. Yes, I understand right. that. I understand well, that wholeheartedly. But I say... Didn't, didn't they a couple of years ago have it to where, like, once they hit the line on the back straightaway, it was a line somewhere on the back straightaway. Once they hit that on the last lap, they would not throw a yellow on the on the last lap. Wasn't that? Am I crazy or is that? No, it wasn't was. that. What it was was there was a moving line basically that from track to track that made it an official race on the last lap. To that point, okay, yeah. If they what whatever flag was thrown after that was the end of the race. They had it till yeah. up to a certain point on that last lap. That was with the green-white checker stuff when all that started happening. And they finally just changed it to the start-finish line was that line. Once right. they passed it, the next flag finished the race. And I still, I don't know, I kind of still personally think that's the way it should be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Once you take the white flag, I think it should be that way. Right. It's just yeah. the judgments made on it because, like, the reason I say that is because, like, I get it wasn't a multiple, multi, multi-car wreck, but my Snyder spun out uh, with two to go in the Xfinity race and kind of sat there on the back straightaway for a while. They never threw the caution for that. Right. And... Yeah. I, I, like I said, I know he's out the way and stuff like that, but I don't know what you're really gaining by when they're coming out of the tri-oval, they start wrecking and you're throwing a caution because they're all coming across the start-finish line anyway. Right, exactly. And, and technically, a caution, and this is my problem about it, technically, the flagman never throws a caution. The flagman is only throwing the checker flag. It's just because right. the caution lights came on that it ended the race before the end of the race. Now, I I am so happy for Matt Benedetto. He's probably one of my favorite drivers out there, just him personally. 
Uh, he's a really good guy. Um, um, and so I am so happy to see him get a win. But he was not the first driver across the start finish line. He was the driver that was ahead when the caution came out. Right, which is very difficult to pinpoint, in my opinion, when they're that close. Um, yeah, there was literally what I think it was. It, looking at it, it, looked like there was maybe ten car lengths between where the caution came out and the start finish line. Right, maybe a little more than that. I mean, but still, it wasn't much. Not running 185 or whatever mile an hour. It ain't much. No, no. So I just, I don't know. Glad to see Matt get his first win. Um, but I just, I'm not a fan of throwing the caution when you're right there at the start finish line. I just, right. I think that should be just raced out at that point. Um, because technically you're, they kind of throw, I get they don't want, and I guess her point is, and this is what I get, is that they don't want somebody that's, you know, if there's two cars that have fell off from the pack half a track back, uh, they don't want them coming racing around and plowing into a big wreck that's already on the front. Right. But I don't, and I don't know how you, I ain't going to be the one to just sit there and say it's all do this, do this, because I don't know how you police that or work that, make that work. If you have to throw a caution, you know, afterwards, whatever. I don't know for something like that. But as far as for the race win, especially, man, it, I feel like I, at that point, it just needs to come to the line. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, I don't know. It's all... All good, though. I mean, it's, like I said, glad to see Matty D get him a win there. Um, I felt like, I felt like, I, I really thought, and we talked about it the first year, that we really thought he was going to go back to this truck ride, you know, get in a decent truck, and with the experience he had in the cup level, and as good as he did in the cup level there, especially as, especially as last year, um, that he was really going to go back and do something in the truck series. Well, unfortunately, it just has not happened for him. Um, tons of, I guess we'll call it bad luck, wrong place, wrong time, um, blown motors, blown tires, uh, got in a bunch of wrecks, you know, just stuff like that. And it's how his whole season has been. So to see him finally. Make something happen has been good. Yeah, sure. Um, so, congratulations to him. Um, then, on to the Xfinity race, where uh, our good, good friend, Derek Griffith, made his first Xfinity start at Talladega. Man, I was glad to see him in that race there. That's um, that was a that was a good one. Probably, you know, probably not a finish he wanted, but <laughs> but uh, man, it's tough when you're the when you're the part time guy 
coming in. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. It's tough to get people to work with you. Xfinity Series, regardless, it's tough to get people to work with you. Um, yes. But that was a uh, that was a clean race. I will say I will give them that. That was a clean, clean, clean race. Yeah, you don't typically see that. That is for sure. I don't know if everybody's gotten so scared of the locking bumpers thing there that, that has made it really clean, but I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a good thing. I mean, it's definitely a good thing for teams and not come home with a bunch of tour race cars. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, guys, uh, speaking of tour race cars, if you got one, I know where you can get it rebuilt at. That stock car's still in aluminum. <laughs> they got all the... Uh, hey. They got everything. They got all the materials you will need to uh, rebuild that tour race car. <laughs> so head on over to Stock Car Steel and Aluminum and uh, get yourself some whatever you need. Whatever you need. The sheet metals, the aluminums, the 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 tubings, the pro-molly tubing, as they call it. Uh, head over there. Get yourself some today. Get that car looking right. Get it feeling nice and uh, going fast. Uh, they uh they're number one in the uh the race. Um what 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 we call it? Let's see. Let's come up with something. They're number one in the race materials world there. You know. Yes, that'll work. That'll work. And everything else. <laughs> and, everything and everything else. else. Everything else. Not just race. I mean we we, we like them because they're Racing related, but it's not just racing related, guys. As we say every week on here, man, you want to build you a deer stand. It's that time of year, too. Ask me how I know. Because a daggone deer running to the side of my truck last week. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Um, I think I won, though. But he wasn't sitting there. <laughs> well, he might have won, actually. There's a dent in the side of my truck, and I ain't getting no meat from it. So I guess he won. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I wonder if they can. Uh, I wonder if I can get some uh, materials from there to to take the den outside my truck. Hey, you might can. You might can. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, guys, you can build deer stands. Go shoot that deer. He was a nice deer too. He looked about like a six point or so, from what I could see, really fast. Kind of in. I didn't see it too. He was like right at my right front tire, and he run into the bed right in front of the right front wheel. I mean, right rear wheel. <laughs> Can't have nothing. No. Fortunately, we got a body shop at work. So I went out there with a, uh, we got a, um, uh, a pool, puller, I guess it is, like a, like a metal puller. But instead of this one having to screw in anything, this one, uh, has suction cups on it. Really powerful suction cups. So we went out there and popped a good bit of it out. You know, that works good. I know that I've used it a time or two myself. <laughs> Fix that. We pulled some dents out of a pontoon one time. Yes, but, we did. Um, but yeah, so go get your materials, guys, from uh, stock car steel and aluminum from anything you need. And um, also, um, uh, on the men this week, we talked about Louis last week, but he's on the men this week. Uh, our buddy Earl Ramey at Earl Ramey Racing Engines. Glad to see he's doing better from a little bit of a little bit of a overhaul he had to get there in the yep. in the hospital last week, but he is back home doing good. Probably yelling at everybody on the cell phone. 
<laughs> but uh, y'all head over there, get yourself some power under your hood from Earl Ramey Racing Engines. You will not regret it. Somebody uh, put out last week. I remember this last week. Somebody put out on Facebook. Uh, best place to get a, uh, or who's got the absolute best, um, how did they put it? Who has the best crate motors? Which engine builder has the best crate motors around? That's what they put. And I went on there, and I was going to type, without a doubt, Earl Ramey Racing Engines. And I did type it on there. But I went and looked at comments. I wasn't the first one to say it. <laughs> there was <laughs> there was probably 20 or more comments on there saying Earl Ramey Racing Engines. Yeah, I the best. That is uh, that's some of the best advertisement you can get right there. So that's cool to see. Yeah. Cool to see that our guy was... Uh, Number one on everybody's list, not just ours. So uh, head over there and get you some power from Earl Ramey Racing Engines. And also, you know, when you get it on that chassis dyno at Earl's shop and see what's all making the power there, put yourself, throw yourself some uh, Profab headers on that thing. Make it good and fast. Good and good and fast. And look good, too. <laughs> and look jam up, for sure. That polished stainless... Man, you couldn't look, think of anything better to look look any better on that car under the hood. And uh, as their slogan says, they are quality that wins. So there's a reason. Uh, and it's not just the materials that they use. It's not just the the way that they build it, but it's also the people that build it over there. They are top-notch folks over there. So y'all head over to... Profab headers and exhaust, and uh, add a little bit more horsepower under your hood. And I reckon, uh, speaking of them Profab headers and exhaust, uh, there's a bunch of them boys out there at uh, Talladega in the Cup Series making it happen. And uh, some of them are them Hendrick Motorsports guys. Bringing home a win with uh, Chase Elliott there. Yeah, finally a, a playoff driver wins. That's good. <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally. Um, speaking of playoff drivers, though, uh, a little bit of news didn't touch on. Alex Bowman this week had to sit out um, concussion-like symptoms, and he was a playoff driver. He's been given a waiver. But he's going to have to come back and essentially win uh, if he's able to make it back. Uh, he's got to come back and essentially win to make it to the next round. Yep. Um, and there has been some serious outspoken drivers this week talking about this car. Denny Hamlin probably being... The biggest of the bunch, I will say, and the most outspoken, um, saying yeah, him and Kevin Hart, sure, yeah. yeah, for sure. But uh, Denny Hamlin come out this week and said in a uh, after a meeting that he uh, seemed like he wasn't too happy still with NASCAR even after the meeting. Uh, sounded like it wasn't as productive as he wanted it to be. Uh, but he basically, uh, he told him that the car needed to be redesigned, and somebody kind of asked him, you know, what, what part of the car needed to be redesigned? He said, the entire thing. 
He said, you can call it the next gen if you want to. I don't care what you call it. But the car needs to be redesigned. Front, middle, rear, everything on the car needs to be redesigned. Um, apparently, uh, they're thinking it's just too stiff um, and causing transferring too much, uh, I, I don't know, movement or just force, I guess you could say, through the car. Yeah. Energy, transferring too much energy to the driver, I guess. Um. It's not good. <laughs> it does is not a good look for NASCAR at all, because um, he's saying they knew this going into this year, and NASCAR didn't want to do anything about it. They just wanted to roll out this car. It, they they had to get this car out. Had to get this car out, even though they were telling them this over and over. Um, I don't know. Like I said, not a good look for NASCAR at all. No, it's not. It definitely, and we heard, you know, talks about that kind of going in to the car or to them running the car. But everybody, they, they seem like they kind of try to just wipe it under the rug and try not to make it a big thing. Now it's coming out because these guys are getting hurt. I mean, there's a lot of been a lot of concussions and concussion-like symptoms this year for sure. And if there's been that many that have been, you know, talked about and obviously put out there with with um Kurt Bush and now Alex Bowman how many things been you know swept under the rug and guys like nah I'm good I I, I can make it next week I, I'll be good and, um All right I don't know I mean I I'm I'm not a <laughs> I'm no physicist or uh or engineer by no means on knowing how that works um uh, but it's not hard to figure out uh you know, saying that the guys feel the hits a lot harder, it just seems like they're building it stiffer. And I could see, I guess, probably how that would be. Um, just my way of thinking. I don't know nothing about the car. I've seen it on track, seen them somewhat up close um, in the garage and stuff. But it's, um, I guess, because they try to make it somewhat modular, I guess we'll say. With uh, putting, putting the uh, the you know the where they could bolt on the front clip, bolt on the rear clip, stuff like that. Um, I guess they had to stiffen up everything else to try to make that work. Maybe I don't yeah, know. You, so. you you deal with a lot of fabrication and stuff like that. Uh, is is that how you would approach that? That may be the case, you know, like the the, the the frame of the car, the frame railing, maybe maybe that's got to to, to structurally be more rigid, I guess, to, to to hold up the clips, you know. I don't I don't know. I I'm not real sure of all that either. I, you know, it, it's it's hard to say, but the way they designed the car and the reason they designed the car the way they did I don't know. I mean, what, why change what was working from a from a safety standpoint, I guess. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I know they're trying to make it cheaper to build and all that, and I can't see where they're going to be cheaper. Maybe they are. I don't know. Um, but, but, yeah, I don't know, man. They got to do something because if they get enough drivers together, they'll freaking 
just go on strike or something. Who knows what they'll do now? I don't know, but um, and I don't necessarily blame them. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't want to go out there and get in something that I didn't feel comfortable in running 200 mile an hour in. Um, you know, I mean, they need to listen to the drivers, I guess, in that sense. If if that's, I mean, I don't see why they would be complaining about them if there wasn't something wrong. Um, and a lot of younger guys, kind of like you said, that they, if they get hurt, they just ain't going to say nothing about it. They don't want to hurt their name or they may feel like they don't have, uh, say so, if you will. And, in, in you know, to NASCAR, I don't know. Um, but the, the veterans that have been in there a long time that are getting closer to retirement, you know, they, <laughs> they ain't going to stand for it. Don't sound like. No, <laughs> no. And um, I'm honestly surprised because uh, years ago, I think it was, and I'm trying to remember who it was. might have been Kevin Harvick or Ryan Newman or somebody. I don't remember. Uh, they kind of, uh, Ryan Newman, that's who it was. They kind of spoke out against the car and the product that NASCAR was bringing. And NASCAR hitting with a big, pretty big, uh, monetary fine, and um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that NASCAR is letting Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin and a few crew chiefs out there and and others just kind of keep going about it. I'm I'm kind of surprised they're letting. I'm glad they are. Um, yeah, but what that tells me is that the um that they've had these conversations in private and nobody's listening nobody's doing anything about it cuz i know these guys right. wouldn't just go public with it to begin with that's, nah. that's kind of their last resort it seems like to uh go out there and and uh say it in public and and make nascar react to it they they kind of tend to want to steer away from that but now they're kind of it's like that's our only option. Let's do it, you know. And it's I'm I'm I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be good. I'm I'm hoping. Um, I don't think you know. Back in I don't remember when that was, but it was when they had a tire war with Hoosier and Goodyear, or no, Goodyear and Firestone. That's who it was. Um, I think it was the Firestone guys sat out. Or something like that. Um, I, I'm hoping it doesn't come to something like that. And I don't think with the sponsors and the way the sponsor contracts are written up now, I don't think they can really. I don't think they could afford to do that. Um, yeah. they, they pretty much got to be out on the track. But just like here, Noah Gregson the other week um, on Doorbell for Clear, he was on their podcast and talking about, you know, he was in the he signed up for all these races you know first year to run cup because he wanted to move to cup which which worked out for him um but i I think after he signed his deal he's kind of like man i i hate to take a hit in these cars i don't want to you know chance anything with the xfinity side because he's you know he ran won four races in a row he's man he's kind of the man to beat right now and 
he don't want to take a chance of taking a hit in a cup car because the hits are too hard now. And that's right. That's saying something. No, for sure. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I think they're going to kind of back NASCAR in the corner, and they're going to really have to do some scrambling. <laughs> they're going to they have to do something, no doubt. They're going to have to. Because um, it's not going to stop. They're not just going to give up. No, no. And, and, and it's crazy because it's between that, it's between, you know, the crew chiefs wants the cars lower, so they have to run lower air pressure, uh, and tires are coming apart. And but to me, that is a uh, problem with the teams. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's all making the racing look bad. And you wonder if that's. I, I know they had kind of one bigger wreck at Talladega, but you wonder kind of if that's what uh, causes. I guess calmer races at races like that is these guys just really don't want to hit anything. It's like, let's just hold back. Oh, I'm, you know, that's got to be in the back of the head. I mean, knowing what they've seen and what it feels like, um, at Darlington, uh, what is it, what's it going to feel like at Talladega? You know, I mean, they got, that's got to be in the back of their head. I know these guys are, you know, most of them don't have fear. But that's got to be there. I mean, that's natural. So, well, it's yeah. when when you Something's start hearing when you start hearing enough people talking about it, even if you haven't hit yet, and you start hearing enough people talk about it, it's like I don't think I want to try that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but anyway, congratulations to uh, Chase Elliott there. Um, a couple other things, guys want to. Uh, uh, throw this out there high octane racing apparel guys new the fall line is in now uh really cool looking stuff go check out high octane racing apparel Aaliyah and and her gang there uh putting out some 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 awesome looking designs shirts koozies hats all kind of good stuff y'all go check out high octane racing apparel uh go order you some today tell them we sent you over there also, MPM Marketing. Uh, guys, if you are in the racing industry or, or looking to get in the racing industry, looking to become a driver yourself or looking to move up in the racing world as we all <laughs> have wanted to do at some point in time, you've got to put yourself nowadays with the people who can market you the best. Because nowadays... Yes, driving talent is a lot of it, but you have to learn how to be marketable. And what better way to do that than with MPM marketing? Uh, Tanya is the Tanya McAllister over there. She's she's the best at. It. She's been in the game a long time. She knows it front and back. Knows the people that you need to be in front of. Knows the uh, teams you need to uh, to to put your get get eyes on you. So what better way to advance your career? Than getting with MPM Marketing, so y'all go, uh, go check her out for sure. Um, but anyway, so up next, guys, I've got a race this coming weekend. It will be on Jackson's birthday. Actually, he will be good lord. Oh God, he's gonna be seven years old. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm getting old. <laughs> I'm getting old, uh, getting old, getting old. So anyway, his birthday is Saturday, and we will actually be racing Saturday at um, Dillon Motor Speedway. He's having a little party on Sunday at the park. I think it is a little, little thing over there. So, so we'll be running the Legend Car. Last uh, last time we ran, we was close. Brought it home second, Connor Lee. See if maybe I can uh, squeak one out before the season's over. Yes, sir. <laughs> this is it. Here it comes, man. It's going to be this weekend. I, ho- I hope so. Hope so. Hope you're right. Hope you're right. I know the weather is looking great for it. Uh, looking great in this area. So y'all need to get out to a racetrack. Go hang out. Uh, I think high Saturday, 70 degrees. That is absolutely perfect weather. Oh, yes. Sure is. So, uh. What all you got coming up? Anything? Uh, I don't know, man. Same old, you know. <laughs> I, I I plan on doing nothing, and I seem like I do everything. So, you know, <laughs> there's never enough time for, for, for any, you know, anything, it seems like. But, um, yeah, so we'll just see, you know. We're just I, I just take it as it comes and enjoy every minute. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, cool deal, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we always... Appreciate, as always, all our fine partners, as in SRI Performance, Stock Car Steel and Aluminum, RK Motorsports Consulting, Earl Ramey Racing Engines, and Profab Headers and Exhaust Lawn, MPM Marketing, High Octane Racing Apparel. And ladies and gentlemen, also head over to Checkered, they are the race hub, get yourself on some, uh, some racing social media, that's that's the, that's the best kind of social media. It's kind of I look at all day anyways, racing social media. So head over to Checkered, get on there, follow us, follow all the cool drivers on there, follow uh, cool media personnel on there, everybody. Um, it's a cool deal for sure. Um, also, Ford Bike. Um, I think our friend... Cole Train Vanderheim kind of finished up his season this past week. Not the result he wanted, uh, but in his first year uh, in a 305 sprint, um, man, he had some wins, a lot of seconds. I mean, top fives, top tens galore. Uh, You really couldn't ask for a better rookie year when you're moving up class like that. So, uh Awesome job to him. Congratulations. Um, I think this race was one of the first races they, they actually had to drop out of. And all it, all that really happened was uh, saw it. Uh, somebody kind of spun in front of him. He hit the brakes, got sideways, and somebody kind of ran inside of him, which I think bent a header tube on his car when they got into him. And so he didn't want to mess nothing up. So come on off. Um, but congratulations to him. Uh it, great rookie season for sure. Um, I don't think you could really ask for anything better than that. No, definitely not. Lot, lot to learn, uh, learn and grow on for next year. And, uh, and like you said, he's he's taking care of his equipment for sure all year, no doubt. So, um, that's one of the most important things. Um, and he he's definitely done that. So, he's definitely going to be somebody to watch out for next year. For sure. But uh, y'all head over there and check out some Ford Bite apparel because every racer wants it. Uh, y'all go get some Ford Bite. Cool looking stuff. It's coming up cool time, guys. You need some hoodies, some pullovers, some 
some jackets, some beanies, and all that good stuff. So head over to Ford Bite, check out some really cool stuff. But uh, but anyway, guys, well, I reckon that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, but we appreciate y'all coming on and hanging out with us and uh, getting here once again. But y'all head out to a uh, if there's track racing near you, be sure to head out there support those tracks all you can and uh go have fun but anyway guys i reckon we will talk with you next week later